Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The words of the gospel will serve as the basis, but let me just read one verse where Jesus began to preach saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You may be seated. I don't know if you noticed in that reading of the gospel, the word kingdom was used twice. Jesus was speaking about the kingdom of God. So often we pray the Lord's Prayer, Thy kingdom come. We say it, but do we mean it? Do we really mean, God, I want your kingdom to come? Luther's explanation of the second article says, the kingdom of God certainly comes by itself without our prayer, but we pray in this petition that it may come to us also. How does God's kingdom come? God's kingdom comes when our heavenly Father gives us his Holy Spirit so that by his grace we believe his holy word and lead godly lives here in time and there in eternity. This week we begin Lutheran Schools Week and the theme is making disciples for life. Making disciples is really another way of speaking about God's kingdom, extending God's kingdom. Our text, though, begins when Jesus, it says he establishes his kingdom. He says, he left Nazareth and went to Capernaum by the sea. So it's about a 40-mile trips from Nazareth. But in his childhood, he never really seemed to be accepted in Nazareth. And so the uh, Capernaum became his new home. It's kind of a, a new outpost, if you will, an outpost for the kingdom. The text says he withdrew. Another way of translating that would be he retired or he departed, but it was like he really went to get recharged. He'd been, in a sense, kind of troubled in Nazareth. Uh, this is just after his temptation, and now he's going out for his ministry. He's getting recharged for his ministry, and he wants to establish his kingdom now in a different place, in a new location, in the Galilee of the Gentiles. So this region around the Sea of Galilee, uh, as the Old Testament prophecy, Zebulun and Naphtali, that area is known as a, really a region for Gentiles. So already Jesus is extending that kingdom to non-Jews. It's not just to the Jewish people. He's extending the kingdom. And as I thought about that, I thought about Lutheran schools, I thought, in a sense, that's what happens to children too. They leave their home as Jesus left Nazareth and they go to school. It's an outpost, if you will, to grow in their faith, to become better disciples of Jesus as they become those disciples which, who then will go out into the world and share that good news of God's love. Our text continues, though, that Jesus was proclaiming the kingdom. Jesus proclaimed the kingdom by speaking these words of repentance and forgiveness. Jesus brought light to a darkened world. The people who dwell in darkness have seen a great light, Isaiah says. We are also living in a world of darkness. In a sense, there's a pall over humanity, a darkness of sin, a darkness of hostility to God's word, to even Christians. There's an ignorance 
There's an ignorance of what God wants to be happening in our society. I read a recent poll, a Gallup poll, on church attendance and people believing in God. And I looked back to see what was happening earlier. 25 years ago, about 45% people in America attended church. It's gone down to 30%. 25 years ago, 90% people believed in God. That's diminished not quite so badly, but that's diminished now to about 80% people believe in a God of some sort. We're living in a world that's ignorant of God's love. The good news is that there, is, there seems to be a little bit of a shift. Barna, the, the, the guy that's, the, the book that we're reading by uh, Don, uh, that book was, has some Barna information, Barna research. And Barna research indicates that millennials are beginning to come back to church. So there's some good news. But the point is that Jesus here, though, is sharing that light. He enlightens, he brings light in the darkness. The nooks and crannies in your life that are dark, Jesus wants to enlighten. He wants to bring his love, his care, his forgiveness to you and to me. What's interesting thing about a light is that light doesn't lose its power by being shared. As light goes out into the world, it keeps on enlightening. It doesn't diminish but it keeps doing what it has to do. It enlightens. And so God's love, his forgiveness comes and we share it with others, even with those that are hurting. And yet Jesus also says, not only are we enlightened, but also we are to repent. He says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That light shows us also our sins. It shows us our lack of extending the kingdom. It shows us the fact that we at times want to do our thing rather than God's thing. We recognized our wrong directedness and we need to be stopped and turned back to the cross. As Paul says, that cross is the power of God. That cross, that message of God's love and forgiveness in Jesus is all about what God has done for us that repentance and that forgiveness that is ours. Again, this book by Don Ewerts that we're reading now, hopefully some of you, most of us are reading it, but the spiritually vibrant home. God wants us to have that home, but not just a vibrant home, but a vibrant school. We're blessed here at St. Paul to have a great Christian school, Lutheran school, that continues to share God's love and is spiritually vibrant as that work of the Holy Spirit works in the hearts and the lives of our faculty and our students. And so in many ways, we are expanding the kingdom. Jesus expands the kingdom as our text goes on. While walking by the Galilee, he saw the disciples, Peter, uh, Peter and Andrew, and also uh, James and John, and he says, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Jesus begins by saying, come, follow me. Later on, at the end of his ministry, he'll say, go and tell. But right now, at this time in his ministry, he's training his disciples. And I can think about that also just in our own Lutheran church. We need more church workers. I was amazed at some of the recent statistics that came from our district president talked about just the number of pastoral vacancies. Uh, traditionally, there have been three or 400 vacancies in, pastoral, in the pastoral office. And that helps because there's always that rotation of pastors moving around. 
It's over 500 vacancies now, and they say it's going to increase over these next years. We need young men to consider the pastoral ministry. We need young women also to think about other programs, teachers, young men and women to be teachers, to be deaconesses, to be church workers. And we need them, and we need to help them to grow so they can also become fishers of men. Whenever I think about fishers of men, I think about my experience fishing. I am not a great fisherman, but every time I go out fishing, it seems like it was always a new experience. It was never the same old thing. You go out, it's a new environment. You go out, you have different equipment. Uh, The weather is different. The water is different. That's the way it is with the kingdom of God. We go out into the world. It's always different, but we always have opportunities, opportunities to share that good news of God's love and forgiveness. What amazes me about this text is that twice, twice, Matthew notes that when Peter and Andrew were chosen or called and James and John were called, immediately, it says, they followed. It's like, really? It's like walking into somebody's office or or working in somebody's shop and saying, follow me, and they get up, they leave everything there, and they follow. They left, James and John left their father in the boat. It's amazing, but that's the power, as Paul mentioned in the epistle, as the power of God's word. God's word changes people's hearts, changes people's lives when they hear of that love and that forgiveness and the kindness and the salvation is a free gift. You can't reject a free gift. It's a gift that God gives to the world and he wants you and he wants me to be those witnesses, those fishers of men to share that same good news. People's lives are changed, and he gives them new life. We can expand that kingdom then through authentic relationships. As we go out and we connect to other people, authentic, and not, we, have to, we don't have to put on some kind of a show, but be ourselves. We can go out there and share God's love, share God's forgiveness, and give that hope to a world that is living in hopelessness. Being God's people is an exciting time in our lives. Christ wants us to share that good news of his kingdom. He's establishing the kingdom now here, but he also wants us to share that kingdom. Christ has come. He is here, and he's coming again. By our activities throughout the week, we can extend that kingdom here in Grafton, but also throughout the world. We can join our children as we make disciples for life, for life, but for life eternal with Jesus. May God grant that for Jesus' sake. Amen.